Hey, what's going on? Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Purdy, and today we're going to be previewing the Week 7 slate of games and then also recapping last night's Thursday Night Football matchup. Let's get on into it. All right, so starting off with last night, the Saints faced the Cardinals. Cardinals winning 42-34. to um, I was wrong. I picked the Saints to cover and win, but man, I'm glad that we just finally got some exciting action on Thursday Night Football. So starting off with the Cardinals, they really dominated the line of scrimmage, and that's why they were able to win with the help, of course, of their pick sixes. Um, Eno Benjamin, he was running wild. He, he kind of was making the James Conner extension look silly because, like, um, Benjamin looked good in the past. He was a young back. No reason. He's showing right now he can be a lead back, and now they're paying all this money to James Conner too. And then also, whenever uh, Kyler Murray dropped back to pass, he just had all day. Like I was very surprised. This Saints defense is much worse than I thought it would be. Um, this pass rush it was nowhere to be found. Like Davenport and Jordan, they appeared a couple of times, but they were just about the only ones. And the secondary, they covered good for the most part, especially seeing that they had a bunch of backups in, um, but they could not cover to save their life. And like especially, or they couldn't tackle to save their life, but Justin Evans especially couldn't cover in general, like he he just looked bad this game. So free safety, playing a lot of slot corner this game. Um, and yeah, they were just targeting him. I think he had like 10 targets on him. It was pretty bad. But I didn't think the Saints offense really played that badly. Outside of the two interceptions by Dalton um, that were his fault, Dalton actually played pretty good. Those two picks were pretty ugly. He went straight to um, Antonio Hamilton and Isaiah Simmons. Like Antonio Hamilton one was just a bad read. Isaiah Sandwich one was like, put a bit more air under the ball and you can get that over, over to Olave. You got to like layer the ball, you know? Um, and then the pick six in between, that wasn't his fault to bounce off Callaway's hand, you know? Um, Olave, he had a really big day. Uh, another game with over 100 yards. He looks like he can be this team's number one. And Johnson, he's starting to emerge as a good receiving tight end for this team. Once they get Landry and Thomas back, like this is going to be a really good offense. But I'm getting worried that this might be too late. For them like they, they're gonna get all their guys back and they're gonna be what like two and six because they're two and five now they don't get them back next week like yeah things they might be able to write the ship just not fast enough all right so kicking off our sunday preview we have the giants at the jags jags actually being three-point favorites despite going against the five and one giants um i thought the jags would be this team's surprisingly good team or this year's surprisingly good team um but it's actually the giants they're sitting at five and one getting saquon back to full force has been huge for this team and we all saw how damian pierce was able to run through this giants defense two weeks ago so we'll see if they've learned how to tackle like great running back since then for the jags though it's like they've fallen off a cliff their pass rush looked exciting early on but josh allen and trayvon walker has really quieted down they will be going against the giants in rookie evan neal who's really struggled so far but on the other side, Andrew Thomas has been the best tackle in the league. So there's a chance like one of these pass rushers can really have a nice game. I'm expecting Josh Allen to, but the other one is probably going to get stonewalled once again. And then for the Jags offense, they were all out of whack against the Eagles and the Texans, but seemed to start to get back on track last week. However, this Giants defense has been one of the best in the league. So will they be able to take advantage of the weaknesses that the Jags have already shown? Or is Trevor Lawrence and the Jags offense ready to take that next step into like a legitimately good NFL offense? Um, I don't think so. I think the Giants are going to be able to cover and win. 
Then for the Packers, Packers are four and a half point favorites going to face the Commanders. The Packers are reeling right now. They just lost back-to-back games to New York teams. Their receivers can't get open. Their offensive line can't block. Their running backs, like, they aren't explosive without, like, a space to work in. And Rodgers looks like he'd rather be at home or hosting Jeopardy or something. I'm becoming less and less confident in this team each week, but the Commanders are almost as good a team as any to face during a slump like this. Defensively for the Packers, too, they've stepped up against this pass, um, the past these past couple of weeks, locking up Garrett Wilson for the most part and holding Zach Wilson to 110 yards. However, their run defense is terrible. They drafted two players who should help in this in the first round, but Devontae Wyatt can't see the field and Quay Walker can't see plays developing in front of him. He's become a defensive liability against the run, like just giving up plays, binding on misdirections, gotten really ugly out there. The commanders would be smart to lean on Brian Robinson, who has had some nice flashes since returning from being freaking shot. This could be his big breakout game, and I'm kind of cheering for him. <clears throat> However, they will need to pass the ball at least a tiny bit to win. And so with Taylor Heineke, like, which one are we going to get? Are we going to get the one who looked incredible in the playoffs a few years ago? Or are we going to get the one who was quite possibly one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league last year? Is he going to do enough to help this team win, or is he going to make a couple crucial mistakes and cost them this game? Um, I don't trust Taylor Heineke. I'm going to go with the Packers covering and winning. Then we have the Lions at the Cowboys. Cowboys being seven-point favorites. The Lions are coming off their bye after being the top-scoring offense week one through four and then being shut out by the Patriots in week five. I don't think they'll get shut out again, especially with the team hopefully getting healthier with Swift and some other players coming back off by and then, um, yeah, coming off the bye week like normally teams with that extra week for, to prepare, they're able to game plan a bit better, come out firing, you know, but they are playing the Cowboys who have been one of the league's best defenses this year, led by Micah Parsons, who's a leading defensive player of the year candidate. Even last week, they looked good. Like, yes, they gave up 26 points, which is the most they have had all season and the first time they've given up more than one touchdown in a game, but their offense was turning the ball over like crazy and held on to the ball for almost 10 minutes less in time of possession. The Cowboys' defense were able to hold the Eagles to less than 300 yards and only 13 points not off turnovers. And now with Dak returning, like that should be a huge plus for this offense, right? Last year when he returned, though, he did not look the same, and that's something we do have to worry about. Um, but he should raise both the floor and the ceiling of this offense. Like He's not going to make the same mistakes Cooper Rush has been making. His arm is much stronger, allowing him to just physically do things that Rush could not do. Like I'm a bit worried about him having a slow start, but there's also a chance that they're getting their backup or their franchise quarterback back instead of their backup, and he provides that spark for this team and help them turn them into just absolute world beaters, and I'm kind of leaning into that a bit more. Um, I think the Cowboys, they should be able to cover and win this. Then we have the Buccaneers being 11-point favorites facing the Panthers. The Buccaneers don't scare me. They feel like a dysfunctional team at odds with each other. Brady doesn't feel fully bought in, and that affects the whole team. This offensive line is injured, playing poor, and these wide receivers couldn't create separations against the Steelers' secondary. This all just feels like a mess right now and something I've never thought I'd see out of a Tom Brady-led team. And then somehow they aren't even the most dysfunctional team in their division. The Panthers are already fired their coach. They traded away a good receiver after he was clearly upset on the sideline. 
and their quarterback situation is a mess with Baker going on IR, Dalton returning soon, PJ Walker as a starter right now. He completed one pass past the line of scrimmage last week, and that one pass was caught one yard, like past the line of scrimmage. And he went out with injuries last week. He was replaced by Jacob Eason, who threw a pick in one of his few pass attempts. Christian McCaffrey had 158 yards last week. The Panthers had 203 total yards. McCaffrey literally accounted for 78% of their offense. So obviously, they traded him. Like, <laughs> I actually like the move, but, like, man, this is going to get ugly. It was a good move. They got a haul. They got, like, four picks back for him. Second, third, fourth pick, fifth pick, something like that. And... It's really hard to go full rebuild when you're locking up 15, 15, 19 million. I think those are the cap hits for the next three years. That's really hard to rebuild when you're paying a running back, an aging running back who's injury prone that much money. So I think it was a good move by the Panthers. But man, this is, they, they just aren't going to have offense. The only way I could see the Panthers covering the spread is their defense stepping up. And they do have some good pieces on that side of the ball. If Brian Burns can get after Brady a bit, this Bucks offense could definitely continue to struggle. Um, the Panthers, they could just lose like 3-10 to 10 or something. So like technically covering the spread, even if they don't score a touchdown. I have zero faith in them winning this game because I just don't think their offense will be able to score points. Like I think their defense has a better chance of putting up a touchdown or at least putting them into field goal range than their offense does. But I'm also out on these bucks. I just think this game is going to be pretty ugly all around. I'm going to have the Panthers cover, but the bucks win. Then we have the Falcons at the Bengals. The Bengals are 6.5 point favorites. The Falcons have been really fun this year, though. The, this ground game it looks great with Mariota using his legs more than ever before. Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier refusing to go down at first contact. And then the Bengals are giving up over 120 yards per game on the ground, so this could be something the Falcons try to take advantage of. Defensively, though, they could have their hands full. Their pass rush has been as one would expect with Lorenzo Carter as their number one edge. Like Grady Jarrett definitely has been a different maker up the middle. And he could cause some chaos for Joe Burrow as the guard and center play for the Bengals hasn't been that great. But if they can neutralize him, watch out. Um, we also have the Natty from a few years ago where Jamar Chase put up 220 yards and two touchdowns on A.J. Terrell. And although A.J. Terrell looked great last year, he doesn't look like the same lockdown guy this season. Uh, the Bengals, they got some of their big game groove back and that could be trouble for the Falcons. However, I'm still not all back in on the Bengals. The injury-riddled Saints really took it to them last week, and if it weren't for some big Jamar Chase plays on the back of some pretty poor tackling, they very much could have lost. And the Falcons are healthy right now, playing with nothing to lose. Like, they're the underdogs. They've got the chip on their shoulder. I really think that they can pull off the upset here, cover and win. Then we have the Browns at the Ravens, Ravens being 6.5-point favorites. I thought going into the season that the Browns were not going to be good. Then, early on, they tricked me. Brissett was looking good, Chubb and Hunt looked great, and this defense was playing good enough to win. But now they're definitely falling apart. Brissett is pressing now, looking like a backup who's trying to do too much. The Patriots are able to completely shut down this ground attack, and while that won't happen every week, I was still shocked to see that they could be so neutralized. And then defensively, this team is all finesse, no power. They've got great athletes like J.O.K., Ward, Newsom, Williams, Delpit, and a defensive line really built to penetrate, get after the quarterback. But with players like that, you can just get ran through, like out physical, six linemen up there. You know, almost everyone is this undersized, modern type of player. 
And without Clowney there, you really don't have anyone who's a plus run defender. And God, they could just get destroyed on the ground because of that. That's terrible news facing the Ravens. I've been low on their passing attack so far, but they might not even need to throw the ball this game. The Ravens can get out to an early lead. I don't see what the Browns can do to slow down their ground attack. Um, led, of course, by Lamar, but Kenny Drake had a really nice game last week. Um, J.K. Dobbins, I was really hoping, would be back again, but he looks like he's going to be out this game with the injuries. But yeah, Drake, he showed last week he can still be a lead back, and him and Lamar could do some serious damage on the ground. Defensively for the Ravens, though, they're really starting to tighten up. Their pass defense was pretty bad early on, getting exposed by the Dolphins, but since then, they're giving up on average 195 passing yards per game, with a high of 201, and that came against Josh Allen. Now, going against Jacoby Brissett, they should see similar success. Like They're going to have to contain Chubb and Hunt for sure, but the defensive line is looking good. JPP is having a bit of a revival, and Matt Obrique up the middle. like He's having a defensive like breakout at tackle. Um, I think the Ravens will be able to cover the six and a half point spread and win. Then we have the Colts at the Titans, Titans being two and a half point favorites. The Colts started off real rocky, but somehow have squeaked out three wins and are sitting at three, two, and one. This offense finally got things going last week with Ryan passing for over 389 yards and three touchdowns on 58 attempts and taking zero sacks. Their ground game, though, they did next to nothing, but they're getting back Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines most likely this week, so that should obviously help out a lot. The Titans are coming off a bye after a narrow win over the Commanders. On one hand, Derrick Henry is looking better and better each week, and teams typically have the advantage coming off their bye, but on the other hand, the Titans may have the worst receivers and the worst corners in the league. Titans receivers have broken one tackle after the catch this year, and Robert Woods is leading the team with just over 200 receiving yards. Um, Defensively, they've been cycling through corners while dealing with injuries, but the young duo of Fulton and Farley have not lived up to expectations, to say the least. And Terrence Mark Mitchell, he, he's been getting picked apart out there, like older cornerback, veteran guy, but not someone who you want starting at this stage in his career. It feels like the Colts are somehow building momentum. They did this last year, too, starting 1-4 and four before coming back and then obviously having that epic collapse at the end of the year. Now, though, they look bad, but they're coming out of this 3-2-1, obviously a lot better than 1-4. Half a game or like maybe a quarter of a game. I'm not entirely sure how that works with the tie. But either way, they're right there with the tight end. And they have a chance to take the division by the horns right here. And I think they're going to pounce on that. I have the Colts covering and winning. Then we have the Jets at the Broncos. The Broncos are one-point favorites. How? I, I don't understand. Outside of the Raiders game... This Broncos offense has done absolutely nothing. It's going 16 points or less in five out of the six games. Russ is dealing with a second injury now. The players on the sideline, they're clearly upset and just nothing seems to be going right. On the other side, the Jets are the young, hot team right now. Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, they look legit as rookies. DJ Reed, Quinn and Williams, they're having the best seasons of their career. And Zach Wilson in this offense, they have their moments. They still need to improve, but they're definitely on their way. However, this Broncos defense definitely could cause them some troubles. Even with Gregory out, this pass rush has been amazing, especially Baron Browning making the switch to edge this year. Um, Justin Simmons, he's returned from injuries recently, been a huge plus for that secondary that already has Pat Sertan in it, looking like one of the best corners in the league already. Um, they do need to get CB2 fixed, though. Damari Mathis was just 
lit up last week. He's replacing the injured Ronald Darby, who will miss the rest of the season. And he got exposed by the Chargers, giving up four pass, um, four big pass interference calls. I thought he did play pretty well outside those PIs, but he's just got to learn how to be less grabby. I, I think the Jets definitely should try to take advantage of this, do enough of offensively and with their defense, like pretty easy to shut out the Broncos at this point, right? So I think that the Jets should be able to cover and win this. Then we have the Texans at the Raiders, Raiders being six and a half point favorites. And the Raiders just frustrate the hell out of me. You can tell how they can be a good team, but it's also so painfully obvious why they're one and four. Carr and this offense started off extremely slow, but now that this offense is running through Josh Jacobs in the ground game, it looks great. And I don't think that we really need to worry about that side of the ball anymore. However, they definitely have their fair share of problems defensively. They've actually been pretty good against the run, but that's definitely going to get challenged this week by Damian Pierce. And then their pass rush is doing fine. Crosby, he's playing at an all-pro level again. And Jones is definitely like started slow, but picking things up these past few weeks too. The secondary, though, is in shambles. Hobbs has been their best player, but he looked bad against the Chiefs and just landed on the IR. Yassin and Averett, they both missed... They have both missed games with injuries and then been up and down when in the lineup. And the backups they've been rolling out have definitely looked like backups. But the Texans aren't without their fair share of problems too. I think Cooks and Collins have actually looked really good as a receiving duo. But it's tough to get too excited about these Texans with Davis Mills being like leading the passing attack. Defensively, they have some pieces to get excited about like Jerry Hughes and this pass rush. And then their secondary together is actually coming out together like real life with Stingley, Nelson, and Petrie all playing well. But ultimately, I think they just lack talent across the board. I think they will be able to keep this game close just because I don't really have a lot of faith in the Raiders putting a team away. But ultimately, I think the lack of talent of the Texans will shine through. And then like the Raiders just having that talent, having like one of the best pass rushers, best receivers, and best running backs, that will help them win. But the Texans will cover. So then we have the Chiefs, two and a half point favorites facing the Niners in um, Santa Clara. I am very surprised that Chiefs are only two and a half point favorites. Um, this was before I checked the spread. Actually, let's see, because I wrote the spread before um, the McCaffrey trade. So yeah, let's see. Okay, so the Panthers are now 13 point underdogs. I'm still going to be taking the Panthers like. I still think it's going to be a very low-scoring game, and the Bucks just won't like that's not going to change how good the Bucks do offensively. So I'm still going to take that two points away. And now the Chiefs are only two point favorites instead of two and a half. All right, let's. I still think that's too low. Like, sorry, just making a couple of edits in my notes. Um, yeah, like both these teams are coming off losses, but the Chiefs lost a close game to the Bills, while the Niners lost by two touchdowns to the Falcons. Like obviously, any team can win any week but I just don't see what Vegas is seeing and make these teams so close like McCaffrey only made this a half point different in the spread for them and they've already come out and said I'll get more into McCaffrey a bit later but they already said like he's got to get re-implemented into this offense or implemented in the first place into this offense he's only going to be in red zone packages simple stuff like I don't know I don't see him having huge game game one you know um the Niners though could win this game off the back of the defense the Chiefs definitely seem to be figuring things out with their new receiving core. But at the same time, the Niners do have one of the best defenses in the league and are looking to be adding Nick Bosa back this week. The Chiefs have not had good pass protection this year. Mahomes, he's struggled recently under pressure, like especially last week. 
They'll need some solid performance out of their secondary, definitely. And while I trust Ward, Javarius Ward, and the revenge game, I think Lenore, he's looked really good in the slot, but the injury to Mosley could really hurt them. It forces rookie fifth-round pick Samuel Warmack onto the field, who's looked pretty up and down so far. It could be a pretty dangerous game from going against Patrick Mahomes. For the Niners on offense, though, I just can't trust them. The injury to Lance clearly derailed their plans, but they've had Jimmy G as their quarterback for the past couple of years. Why does it look worse than ever? Like, they've done fine on the ground, rotating through replacement-level backs and getting solid production out of them. And although they just traded for Christian McCaffrey, they were saying he's only going to get red zone work this week, as he did just get in town. It'll take him some time to learn the playbook and really make a difference on this offense. Like I don't see it happening week one. They have weapons to be good. They have Debo, as we know. Ayuk, he's shown some pretty great flashes. Like He looks like he could be a wide receiver one in this league. Jennings has been a really good number three. And then Kittle, too. Like Even though they hardly use him for whatever reason, he's one of the best tight ends in the league. And... Now they probably have the best receiving back in the league. I've been on the Shanahan bandwagon for a while, but at this point, when does he run out of excuses on why this team keeps losing, why this offense, like his genius offense, just isn't working? I'm going to pick the Chiefs to cover this two-point spread and win. So then we have the Seahawks at the Chargers. The Chargers are five-point favorites. The Chargers squeaked one past the Broncos this past week on Monday night, winning in overtime off the leg of their injured kicker. This team is so talented. But they've already been hit with the injury bug, and Brandon Staley's not looking like a good coach. Like the, the game management and stuff, like that's just not there for him right now. The one JC Jackson looking terrible so far. He even got benched for Michael Davis, and despite all the offseason hype and a good four and two record tied for the division lead, I don't see how you can look at this team and feel confident about them going forwards. It looks like this offense is once again gonna be without Keenan Allen. Um, Palmer, he's going to be out the top two tight ends, the top two centers, and starting right tackle. They all appeared on the injury report this week. This offense, when healthy, should be able to shred the Seahawks defense. But Herbert, while extremely good, he hasn't he hasn't shown that he's the type of quarterback to put this team on the back and carry them to victory. For the Seahawks, they definitely came back to earth offensively last week against the Cardinals. But as I said, this Chargers team is in shambles. They can take advantage of that, go deep a couple times to DK or lock it against J.C. Jackson. They could definitely run away with this game. I think this offense is legit, and they just had a bit of a hiccup game last week, so I'm going to pick the Seahawks to cover and win. They move the Steelers at the Dolphins, Dolphins being seven-point favorites. Tua is finally going to be back for the Dolphins, which is great news for the team, of course, but also him personally, as he did take some scary hits to the head, and I'm glad he's all okay now. Getting back to football, though, this offense hasn't looked the same without him. They've been putting up the yardage. Hill and Waddle combining for over 300 yards once again last week, but they only put up 16 points with Thompson and Bridgewater at the helm. It looks like the Steelers are getting their horses back defensively, too, though you probably even couldn't even tell last week that their secondary was all banged up. They're still missing their best player in TJ Watt, but getting Wallace, Witherspoon, and Fitzpatrick back should be huge, and... I wasn't going to anticipate two straight good performances from the backups. For the Steelers' offense, the gauntlet definitely continues for Kenny Pickett, who should return this week after suffering a concussion in last week's game. He was playing pretty well last week, at least in the structure of the offense, not making mistakes, but definitely not elevating what was around him, going 11 for 18, 67 yards and a touchdown. He's got to be more aggressive, only having 3.7 yards per attempt and an average depth of target of 4.5. They, they're they going to need to put 
some more points up because I don't doubt the Dolphins' ability to do the same. So hopefully Matt Canada and this offense opens things up more and really let him rip him or rip it. But I don't see the Steelers' offense putting enough points to keep up with the Dolphins. So I'm going to pick the Dolphins to cover and win. And then the Monday night matchup of the Bears at the Patriots. Patriots are eight-point favorites. Uh, the Panthers are the only offense I trust less than the Bears at this point. They finally looked like they, they were going to get things going a couple weeks ago against the Vikings before putting up seven points against the Commanders last Thursday. Fields just looks lost out there. Either he's not trusting his receivers to get open or he just doesn't know the offense and that certain route will be open um, against certain coverages like a big route coming over the middle. Like If the linebacker doesn't have depth, you can throw that before he makes his break, stuff like that. It's leading to a 3.63 time to throw last week, putting his season total by far the highest at 3.42 seconds, with the next leading highest being 3.14. He's just holding the ball on for way too long, causing problems for this offensive line and making things much harder on himself and this team. And to make things worse for the Bears, they now have to face Bill Belichick's defense, which two weeks ago shut out the top-scoring offense in the league. I'd be very worried if I was a Bears fan. For the Patriots offense, they've been rolling these past few weeks with Bailey Zappi, but it does look like Jones will be healthy this week and will get the keys back to the car. If he does start this week, I hope they give him some of the same easy budgets that they've been giving to Zappi, because this offense has looked notably better with Zappi at the helm. The Bears defense isn't a pushover though. Quinn is having a bit of a down year, but we know he has that all-pro level in him. Um, and they also have Gibson up front, and the young secondary is playing really good, actually. Like, I love the starting five they're putting out there in Johnson, Gordon, Vildor, Jackson, and Brisker. They all look like at least solid starters. However, I just trust the Patriots to put up points way more than I trust the Bears to, so I'm going to pick the Patriots to cover and win. All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode. If you liked it and you're on YouTube, leave it a like, comment. Um, comment below what you think, like who's some of your locks of the week, who do you think are just going to get absolutely blown out? Where am I wrong? Um, subscribe if you're on YouTube too. And if you're on Apple, Spotify, wherever else you might be listening to this, leave a five-star review, go tell your friends and yeah, see you all next time.